Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are and you should know who this is. Now that I got all my verbal blunders out for this podcast that you're not going to hear because I'm going to edit them out. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the co-host of the Cashflow Guys podcast. And if you guys have been sleeping under a rock lately, we're now doing this on video. So if you want to see my pretty face or Mike's prettier face, then you can head over to YouTube, type in the words Cashflow and guys, that's what we are, and you'll see this podcast now in video. Mike, welcome back to the show. <laughs> buongiorno, buongiorno, back yeah, in you- Italy. He has been over and it wait. So I did tell people while you were gone what you were doing. I know. I heard it. When I was in Italy, I heard you spill the beans about the proposal. And we are all waiting with bated breath to find out what did she say? Actually, she said nothing. <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> she just smiled. She was all speechless. Oh, good. Speechless is good. We're okay with speechless. And, and then the crying? gondolier was like, what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Oh, no, really? <laughs> Oh, God. oh, it was great. It was great. Did you make the gondolier wear a GoPro on his forehead? He took a good video of the whole thing. That's cool. That's yeah, awesome. no, it was fun. If anybody goes to Venice, go on a gondola ride, but interview the gondolier first. Like, I, I wanted somebody who would sing. I wanted a singing gondolier, somebody with a sense of humor. I found him. Right. <laughs> oh, my. That's cool. So she said yes. Yeah, yeah. That's outstanding. Good. You guys deserve each other. You're a great couple. Power couple coming at you. She's good, man. She's obviously a nurse practitioner. She's very good with people. It's amazing every time I see her. Absolutely good. Then she'll keep us out of trouble. That's right. (laughs) That's what we need is another voice of reason in the family to keep you and I in line. (laughs) (laughs) Jill needs help. The two of us are a lot of work for (laughs) Point That's right. We need another mother. Yeah. She needs to tag out and let somebody else take the reins for a while. I bet she wouldn't complain one bit. Okay, Janelle, this one's all you. Yep, yep, your turn. Your turn. Exactly. That's right. (laughs) I'll play with the dog while you're busy. Hey, guys, this time we're going to talk about something very different. Now, probably, oh, I don't know, three, four years ago, we have Larry Harbold on the podcast. I talked to Larry the other day. He said to say hello to everybody out there in podcast land. He's not doing his podcast anymore, but it is still available on Libsyn. And if you look at the normal podcatchers and whatnot you'll see his show there it's still archived so you can listen to it and of course you can always reach out to larry through larryharbold.com but larry taught both you and i mike about the the purpose or the benefit of control and to further that the fine art of control now larry was the a student of jack miller jack miller for those of you that don't know was a pretty well known in the 80s real estate guru type guy who taught a lot of he's a realtor real estate broker and he taught a lot of the tactics that larry learned and then of course taught us and that's a lot of the stuff i've learned from larry and jack i've taught you guys mike you've taught folks as well over the years and there's a lot of times we get caught up in the fact that we need to own something in order to make a profit thoughts on that mike yeah owning as in buying exactly got every name on the deed or you can't make a profit. Yeah. And that's, uh, I've learned from Larry first, you, and now I'm doing it myself. That's not always the case because right. there's the other option of what if you lease or what they would call a master lease, and right. then you actually sublease from you. That's so right. now you have the control. Now you can buy, very, you can't not buy, but lease quickly. 
You don't have all the upfront costs, the realtor fees or whatnot, because now it's just like you're renting any other property. That's right. Let me give you guys an example of this and how this works. And this is very creative, so bear with me. If you're driving, you might want to pull over and listen to this. Several years ago, I was really excited about the whole this new thing called Airbnb. It had never been done before. It was a brand new company. I had uh, a small apartment building, and I had one tenant that was a great tenant, but he was having a tough time paying the rent. He came to me and said, "Tyler, I'm really having a tough time paying the rent, but I don't want to lose my apartment." And he was a seasonal tenant. He comes down here to Florida about four months out of the year. He was a truck driver. The other eight months of the year, he's up in New Hampshire or something or other driving truck. And I felt bad putting him out. He'd been living here for 15 years in this property. And I was like, That's, that sucks. I got to put him out. So I started thinking about it. And then I was watching a commercial for Airbnb on TV back when I used to watch TV. And I started looking into it. And I thought, you know what? Let me see if I can go talk to this guy and figure this out. So I said to him, I think his name is Mark. I said, Mark, what if, so the four months, you want the four months that you're here set aside for you. And the problem is, and this is going back many years when you hear the rent, he was paying me $750 a month rent for that apartment. And I said, Mark, what if I renovate your apartment? In other words, you move all your stuff out. He said, no, I'm like, hear me out. You move all your stuff out into storage. I'm going to send my team in to renovate the apartment, put new kitchen countertops in, make the cabinets, reface the cabinets, redo the floors. I didn't tell him this, but remove the old spice smell from the house and furnish the place and then allow him to stay there four months out of the year. I will reduce his rent to 600 a month, but he has to pay every month and he gets to have it for four months. So basically he's paying me six times 12. I don't know the math in front of me, but 600 times 12 is the rent. I'm sorry. No, it was 500 times 12 is what he was paying me. So what? $6,000 a year, right? Yep. That's right. So $6,000, what he was paying me and he got a brand new apartment. So for him, actually, no, I take that back. It was less than what he was paying for the year. So I'm going to do the quick math here because I think it's important. He was paying me 750 times 12. So he was paying me $9,000. That's right. I changed it so that he was only paying me $6,000. You might be wondering, Tyler, why would you give that guy such a big discount? Because I got exclusive use of his apartment the other eight months of the year, which gave me the platform to try Airbnb because I wanted to try it before I bought it. I wasn't quite sure. And there was a lot of fighting and whatnot in Airbnb early on. You guys think it's bad now. It was a lot worse on day one, let me tell you. So anyway, we tried it. And I went, Jill went out and furnished the place. And I think we spent about $3,000 furnishing the place, 3500 getting rid of his crappy stuff and putting some nice stuff, nicer stuff in there. And this is many years ago. So the money we're getting from him, we came out of pocket, so we we gave up some rent. But now I turn around and rented it the other eight months of the year. The months that he wasn't here, even back then, I was getting $2,000 a month, $2,200 a month, eight months out of the year. And then I got his money. So clearly, if you could do simple math, it was a hell of a lot more than $9,000 a year I was getting from him. So he got the benefit of a brand new apartment that he otherwise wouldn't have gotten. He still got to do his four-month snowbird gig. And he saved himself several thousand dollars a year. So it was a home run. I, of course, upped my income significantly. I took that profit. And as my other apartments in this building came open, I started using that money to furnish those apartments. So I repositioned my equity. That started all started because 
we took an arrangement that we had. There was control of the apartment. He controlled it for 12 months. We shifted eight months of that control to me, still retained him his four months, which is really what he wanted. And we both made money off the deal. It was a win-win. Yeah, I bet he was happy. He was. And we did that for quite a while until probably two years. And then he got a little greedy. He decided that he wanted to do six months because he really liked what Jill did when she renovated the apartment. (laughs) And six months obviously changes the math. And he wasn't willing to pay the difference. So we had to part ways, which is fine by me because then I got the whole apartment for the entire year. And now that is my top performing apartment. That one apartment every month does on the average of between four and $6,000 a month in income. So obviously that's not too shabby. And it depends on what time of year. In the wintertime, it pegs right at $6,000 a month. So there's one classic case of changing how we control an asset makes a big difference. Mike, I want you to tell people briefly your what you're doing in the pilot space. Yeah, so on that same th- same theme, so airline pilots, we fly irregular schedules, right? That's for hey, sure. All right, myself as an example. I live in Colorado because I love it. I love being in the mountains, but my base where I start work and where I end work is in Las Vegas. I don't want to live in Las Vegas. I want to live where I want to live, but it's a privilege. So in order to do that, when I start work in Vegas, sometimes I need a place to, to sleep for the night because when I fly in, it's too early, whatnot. And then when I land in Vegas, maybe I'm not flying for... 15 hours, I need a place to sleep. Usually I get a hotel, but lately hotel prices in Las Vegas has been going through the roof. So what's been going on for, gosh, decades, maybe half a century in the whole airline pilot realm is people, pilots, they actually rent a bed in a house. So we land, hey, that's my bed. I'm going to take a nap because I'm flying a red eye. I'm flying all night. So I need to fly. I need to sleep during the day. And that way, it's more economical because obviously you're sharing it with other pilots who are paying just for the bed instead of the whole house. So in the same model, the person who is controlling the pilot lodging is it can either own it or you can lease it. So in my case, what I'm doing right now, I'm leasing a four-bedroom house. It's set up perfectly for this, right? And I have just have two beds per room. So each pilot can rent that bed for just the times in between the flights. So now they don't have to go out and rush and find a hotel room. This has been going on for a long time, like I mentioned. So why would I want to lease instead of owning? Like you said, it's all about control. As long as I have control, I don't care. Now, if I own the property, I probably get higher cash flow, right? Because I have less expenses because I own it. I don't have to pay somebody else part of it. But I've got to put my own money down to purchasing it, the origination fees, the real estate commission and everything. Plus, it, everyone knows right now, it takes a lot of time to buy real estate and real estate prices are high. But right. if you do this kind of co-living arrangement, you can easily cash flow at today's market prices. No problem at all. That's right. And in today's interest rates, it, it's a tough time to buy a property. It's You're going to you have to give up a lot of that cash flow because the difference between three, four percent interest that we were paying a year ago, and now we're at seven. And of course, they just raised the federal funds rate again today. Jerome Powell, I think it was another half a point, something like that. Anyway, mortgage rates have been pretty high. I've got residential real estate customers that are they're finally locking in six and a quarter, but they're saying that it may go higher when we get in the sevens. But yeah, for now, you're controlling the asset. There really is no financial incentive for you to buy it right now. 
the real estate market that you're doing this in is very hot. You're going to pay a premium if you were to buy that same house. And now when you buy that property, you also take on all of the maintenance. You're going to pay all of the insurance. You're going to pay the property and casualty liability insurance. Whereas a land, as a tenant, you don't have a lot of those financial responsibilities. So obviously guys listening, every market is different, right? Every different use is going to be different, but definitely don't always think you need to buy something to control it. Think about commercial real estate. Think about every storefront in America, McDonald's locations. McDonald's, by the way, is in the real estate business. They franchise out the restaurant. They take a franchise fee, but they own the real estate because the real, the money is not in the burgers. It's in the real estate. And that's how they make their money. In this case, Mike, you at some point had to ask yourself, which one makes more sense? So for you, what did that look like? Right now, by leasing, yeah, I'm giving up the appreciation because I don't own it. But, but appreciation is, you know, there or it's not. It's who knows to roll the dice. That Yeah, that's right. Appreciation is not guaranteed, especially now. But cash right. flow is. And I just want cash flow and I want as little money into it as possible. Now, if you do it right and you lease, like right now, I'm going to have zero money into it. Furniture. It's a furnished a, a place, a furnished house. Yeah. Oh, you dirty dog. Yes. <laughs> Of course you got it furnished already. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I got to modify it just a little bit, put in twin beds and everything, but the rest of the house is furnished. So literally, I walk in. There's huge demand for this, by the way. So all my beds are already rented before I even rent the place. So wow. I've got zero money into it. So I got zero money into it, and then I got the cash flow pumping out. Now with this model, I can just keep doing it over and over and over again. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, if the landlord knows what I'm doing, he's going to want a piece of the profit, right? He's going to probably want to up the rent. From what I've experienced, that's not always their pain point, right? You, Tyler, you always talk about you want to find out what their pain point is because it's not always money. Absolutely. In this instance, I've been chatting with the landlord for a while at long, personal, in-depth talks. We're just, I try to be very friendly. I try to be all up front, and I've noticed when you're really upfront and friendly, they'll do anything to help you as long as you help them. And what he wanted was convenience. Before, this house has been rented for one month, two months, so we had, I don't know, eight tenants in one year. It's wearing him out. He just retired. He says, I just want something easy. I can go travel to the Philippines whatnot, and I just get my check. Here I come. <laughs> I said, I can rent it for at least one year. This is probably going to be multiple years. This is what I'm doing. And in return, I'm giving you the convenience of, number one, all these pilots make a lot of money. So you will be getting that check. You don't have to worry about keeping track of the eight people in one house. You just have to deal right. with me. So I'm the middleman. I'm, the, I'm kind of like the property manager almost when you think about it. So you're making it simple. I'm making it simple for him, yeah. There you go. And that's yeah, Anytime you make something easier to say yes to, I think it's going to play out. It's a great job. Now, guys, Jay Massey, you guys heard of Cashflow Diary, one of my mentors. He, I learned rental arbitrage from him. And what he does with the vacation rentals is he'll go to an apartment complex and he'll get under a lease to lease one of those apartments. And then he'll send his team in to do renovations, furnishing, paint, whatever, get it set up. So he's leasing it from the apartment building. And then he turns around and leases it by the night. 
or by the week or by the month or whatever. And there's a pre- there's a spread in there. Let's say if he's paying fifteen hundred two grand a month rent, he's probably going to receive six seven thousand dollars a month. Now he's got expenses that got to come out of that. He's got team members to pay and staff and whatnot. But the bottom line is, had he gone out and bought that unit, let's say that was a condo, he'd have to come up with a down payment. It's an investment property. So right now, and banks are wanting 30% down. I'm doing an investment deal right now with a real estate client of mine. She's an amazing credit score. Woman makes six figures a year and she's buying a $300,000 property. She's well qualified. And the bank is, no way, we're not doing less than 30% down. That's because of all the uncertainty in the banking world. They want to be well collateralized because nobody knows what's going to happen. So long story short, if you put 30%, have to put 30% down on a similar property like this apartment, on today's market, you're that two, three, four hundred thousand dollar condo, 30% is a big chunk of money. It's going to take a while to recoup that. Yeah. It will. And it's going to keep you from doing the deal and being out of business. Mike, if I said to you and you make great money, but if I said, Hey, Mike, can you produce? I don't know. You got an extra quarter million around. You could dump down on this thing as a down payment. <laughs> You'd be like, well, no, because you are not going to wait out that 250 to come home to Papa. That's right. Yeah. Doesn't make sense to you. you. You want cash flow now. You said it. You want cash flow now. Why put that money in there? Yes, you're buying down your debt and whatnot, but you don't need the appreciation of this deal. Here's the other thing, guys. When you're talking to these landlords, understand this. Mr. Seller, I could go out and buy one of these properties, Mr. Landlord. But if I do that, I'm stealing from you. What do you mean you're stealing from me, Mike? I'm stealing the appreciation from you. When you deal with me and my company, my pilots, we're going to take all the maintenance concerns off your head, off your shoulders, if that's how we arrange it, or we're just going to take a portion of them. We're going to cover your expenses and show you a nice, predictable profit over a stream of time. The best part, this property continues to appreciate. No matter what happens in the real estate space, no matter what goes on in the real estate market, you know that not only are all your expenses are covered, but you're going to get a nice, tidy profit every month by a, pro- a group of proven professionals that are not, you're not going to have any of the typical tenant problems. Now, for me, that's what we call a win-win. Sign here. Real easy, real simple. Guys, you can do this on warehouses. You can do this, the new thing called barn dominiums. Oh, those are fun. Oh my God. Dude, we got to find a barn. Anybody listening to this show, if you know anybody that's a barn dominium builder or sales guy or something, we got to do a podcast on barn dominiums. Hell, I want to do, I want to do like a barn dominium where we turn into rental properties, Mike. We have a big barn and we put like lots of little studio apartments in there. I think that'd be amazing. That'd be a great podcast episode too. A lot of guys do that with hangers too. Yes. Yes. And that's actually, I'm leaving that up to you. You got to, you're the pilot of the family, at least for now. I'm coming up the rear. He is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't say that. I only got <laughs> West. It's okay. We can say that in Key West. <laughs> <laughs> I got 50,000 less flight hours than you probably, but it is what it is. <laughs> I got to start somewhere. But uh, think about this, guys, and think about this as far as change of use. That's going to get popular right now. The office space, the office industry oh, is having a tough time. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of office space coming available. This is where it's you go talk to your planning and zoning committees in your local town. Get some buy-in. Every town in America, for the most part, has some sort of a housing shortage. And if it doesn't, you live in a crappy place. Got to get out of there. Go play someplace where there is a housing shortage. That means people want to live there. Salida, Colorado, where Mike lives. Can't get a place. Mike bought the last one. It's just tough to find a place. No place to rent. No place to buy. Very little thing. Everything goes on the market. Mike, you probably got a hundred grand in equity. You just closed the ink's not even drying the contract. You probably got a hundred grand in equity. At least if I was your realtor, you would have. But 
think about guys how you can go and control some of these assets and arbitrage them and pull some profit out. Don't think that you're stiff in the landlord because the landlord is oh. always going to get that appreciation. And you're taking the headache off their shoulders. That's the I am a landlord. Yeah. Sucks sometimes. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are thinking, what landlord would do this? You know how I found him? I just ask. I I literally ask maybe 22 landlords. Hey, I said in an email, this is exactly what, the model what I'm going to be doing. A bunch of airline pilots. We need a place to rest in between flights. This is what, this is it. This is all on the table. And I got 21 no's and one yes. It cost me zero. I got one and it's costing me zero to get it. That's so actually get a, great odds. Yeah, it was Vegas. It doesn't matter, but seriously, you know how many offers I've written and knows I've gotten offers before I get a yes? Hundreds. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So those are great odds. Yeah. But being truthful has been huge because there is a lot of these pilot lodgers out there and they're not truthful and yep. the landlord has no clue what's going on. They might get away with it. Well, they might not. But either way, I want a good relationship because this particular landlord, I've been all upfront, truthful. I have my attorney to have both help him and both and me. And at the end of the conversation today, he said, Hey, I got two other properties. You think you might be interested in those also? I'm like, boom. There you go. There you go. What I like about what you're doing and the way you're going about it, in addition to being truthful, you're keeping it ridiculously simple. Guys, if you techno babble this stuff, yeah, you make it difficult, it's going to become difficult. Landlords, they don't understand what the pilot housing lodging options are. I never heard about it until Mike taught me about what, about what it is. Now it's got me thinking, right? starting to look at, I was over near Tampa airport there. I'm like, slow down, Jill. <laughs> I think that's a big house and it's for rent. Let's go see yeah. what's available in Tampa. But you're keeping it simple. When you keep it simple, that makes it so much easier. What do I say, guys? When you make things easy to buy, they get sold. When yeah. you keep these ideas ridiculously simple, like you have, Mike, you've done a great job. Keep it ridiculously simple. It makes sense. It's a win-win for everybody. You just pull the trigger and you make it happen. I know we're short on time. Mike, you have, literally have a plane to catch, and that's not an excuse. <laughs> You're about ready. To, he's in Vegas right now, guys, on the video. He's, he's in his, not in his pilot garb right now, if you're not watching on YouTube. But uh, he will be here in about 10 minutes. He's going to jump on a plane. And Where are you flying to tonight? Actually, I'm in New York right now. I got to fly back to Vegas tonight. Oh, you're in New York. Okay. Yeah. Oh, flying yeah. the red eye, are you? Semi red eye. I get in at midnight. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's the latest I could fly. I'm not a red eye person. I like my days. I'm not a big night partier. So, that's not me. But I want to add this too. You mentioned commercial real estate before. Yes. Everybody's thinking commercial real estate is collapsing. How do you take advantage of that? Take advantage of it. Yes. I know what you're thinking. They can't all be rezoned for residential. That's true. But I'll let you in a secret, which I probably shouldn't say on the air. But I will. Because I'm all open. Offices are closing. Cubicles are going for pennies. With cubicle walls, you can now make one room into this house into two or three. Oh. And they're soundproof, too. So when... Anytime you hear, oh, the sky's falling. Okay, it's falling, but where's the debris? Because I'm going to pick it up and <laughs> use it for my own. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Mike, quickly, you didn't have to put much of a team together to pull this off. You did it in pretty quick turnaround. Who'd you have on your team? Who did this? 
uh, a real estate attorney. And I had a hard time finding a good real estate attorney who would want to get in with this. Right. Be- I wanted a real estate attorney who understood the local county and city laws because I want to be completely legal. I right. want the fire department to be happy, everybody, the HOA to be happy. And so I found a particular real estate attorney who knows all the laws. He's very well connected. He understands the model. And the most important part, he's res- very responsive. Unfortunately, some attorneys, it takes like weeks. This guy's on it. And so when I asked for, I told him what I'm doing, he wrote out the lease. I have to make modifications because the homeowner wanted, now that he understands the model, he's, let's do this a little more. You would think it'd be a little more restrictive, but guys, in the end, I have zero money into it. I'm going to be cash flowing. So I will bend over backwards to make this land landlord happy. Absolutely. And you're giving him a huge value that he's not going to get from any other tenant. So that's a home run. Guys, that's what we call a win-win. We're going to wrap it up right there because Mike needs to get on a plane. I could talk about this topic for hours because I find it exciting. Mike, I want to do a follow-up episode once you get this thing up and running. We'll open the kimono and tell them the breakdown. Guys, if you ever thought about doing something like this, or you got a big house and maybe you're doing a rehab on it and and you're close to an airport, very close proximity to an airport, get on the phone with Mike. Go to cashflowguys.com. Send us a message at the website. Get on the phone with Mike. Pick his brain. Maybe he'll team up with you and do a deal with you. Who knows? Or maybe he'll be your light. Maybe he'll be your tenant. Who knows? That's totally possible. So guys, that all begins by heading over to cashflowguys.com. For those of you that are accredited investors, our opportunities are open now. So if you want to learn more about investing in a assisted living homes, that is open and available now. You got to be an accredited investor to do that. More information on that at cashflowguys.com. And guys, we look forward to seeing you next week. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.